Base 12, it's good to see you guys. How are you? Good? Oh my goodness, I love you guys too. If you are new with us, I just want to say I am so glad you're here. I would love to meet you after this. Uh, I'm a little sick, but we can still meet. I promise I won't pass any diseases to you. Um, so last week we started a new series and it's called Voices. And we talked about how we hear voices all the time, social media, music, TV, friends, coaches, parents, there are voices all around us. And we also talked about voices determining our future. The voices that we listen to can determine our future. And because voices can determine our future and we hear them all the time, it is extremely important for us to look at what voices we're listening to. And tonight, I want us to continue that conversation. Tonight, I, I just want to take a minute with you guys to talk about who has a voice in your life. Who has a voice in your life? Uh, the, who do you listen to? Who gets a say in what you do? Uh, there's a, a sports anchor, his name's Jim Ron, and he says it like this. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Well, that tells me that those people are pretty important. He's basically saying that I can tell a lot about you by who you're hanging out with. So let's think to ourselves tonight, what do the people I'm hanging out with say about me? What do the people I'm hanging out with say about me? And as we jump into this, I think it's important that we all understand that God created us for community. We're supposed to hang out with each other. God created us to be influences in each other's lives. He created us to hear voices, to help us do things, to help us follow Jesus better, to help wise voices, to help us get where we want to go. He created us to listen to certain voices. Look at Adam and Eve. Adam was by himself, and then God created Eve because he said that it's not good for man to be alone. We're meant for companionship. And we all want relationships with people. We all want relationships with people, and, and we, we can express it a little bit differently. Everybody expresses it a little bit differently. Uh, guys, guys are like this. Like, Chris, if I'm meeting you, uh, I come up to you, and I'm like, what's up, man? My name's Coy. See, we play it cool. Guys, guys, we like to hold our cards a little bit close to our chest. We don't want to do anything too crazy, but if we're boys, guys do this weird voice change. Like, if you guys are boys, like, like here's an example. I called Derek Idle the other day, and this is what he said. He picks up the phone and he goes, what up, man? That's what he said. And he goes, what up, man? And guys change their voices when they're boys. I don't know. It's just something weird that we do. But girls, you guys change your voices, too. All right, yeah, hey girl, yeah, I just heard it. Like, it's so, it's crazy. Girls, it, like you see your best friend and, and you walk up to him and immediately, as soon as you open your mouth, like the pitch of your voice goes up an octave. You're like, oh my gosh, how are you? I haven't seen you in so long. Oh my goodness, it's so good to see you. Please catch me up on your live. I feel like I don't know anything that's going on with you. You're not catch me up. Whoa. All right, yeah, I mean, but all that to say, 
We all want relationships. We are all created to be in community with one another. And, and we laugh about this, but the truth is we need each other. Does anybody love Coke? Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola? Come on, guys. Coke is better than Pepsi, right? It, don't act like it's not. It absolutely is. This is what I love about Coke. You guys have seen those labels that Coke has with names on them? Those are brilliant, and they're rooted in the fact that people like other people, that people are meant to be in community. And a couple years ago, Coke did this thing where they made these tops, and you could only open the Coke by going up to another person and having them help you. They made a video about it. Check it out. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Open a Coke, open a new friendship. I love it. But that works because we all want those friendships. We all want relationships where people are influencing each other. And, and tonight, I want you to get this, that it is so, so significant that we have the right people with the right voices around us. So let me give you a thought that, that we're going to stay on tonight. It's the, the first thing in your notes. It says, who you listen to impacts what you do. Who you listen to impacts what you do. Simply put, the voices closest to us affect us. They affect our choices and they affect our future. Who you listen to impacts what you do. Now, show of hands, how many of you guys have ever done something dumb because somebody told you to? Right? It's more than that. A lot of people just raise their hands, but it is more than that. I promise. All of you have done something stupid because someone else was like, hey, bro. You should try that. Anyway, let me tell you a little story. When I was eight years old, <laughs> dang, when I was eight years old, I lived in a cul-de-sac. Me and my family lived in a house that was in a cul-de-sac, and, and I had a next-door neighbor. 
My next door neighbor's name was Omar, and we would ride our bikes around the cul-de-sac together. It was a regular thing. So one day, we're out riding our bikes around the cul-de-sac, just like any other day, and my cousin Jason was in town. Jason is older. It always starts with an older cousin. But anyway, me and Jason are in the cul-de-sac standing. Omar is riding his bike in circles. Jason finds this stick. It's like this long. And we started to throw it like a spear because every little kid wants to throw spears, right? So I'm getting pretty good at it. And Jason looks at me and he goes, hey, Coy, what's up, man? I bet that you can't throw this spear across the cul-de-sac and hit Omar on his bike. And I'm like, yeah, I can. I can totally do that. And he's like, no, you can't. He says, prove it. I said, all right, give me the spear. So I take this spear. Omar's riding. And I'm an eight-year-old, but I got a freaking cannon, right? So I'm like, huh, just hum this thing all the way across the cul-de-sac. It goes right through the front wheel of Omar's bike. And dude just goes flying over the handlebars. And now all of you think that I'm a terrible human being. And I was. That's the point. But hear me out. Me listening to my older cousin Jason's voice caused me to do something that looking back was stupid. And that will happen in your life as well. Now, you guys, don't worry about Omar. Omar is okay. He's totally fine. This is the question I want you guys to think about. I got a few of them. Who are you listening to in your life? Who are the people you lean into for advice or direction when you don't know what to do? Who are the people you trust with things about you that you, you wouldn't tell anybody else? Who are the people who walk with you through thick and through thin? Second point, choose these people wisely. Choose wisely. I want to challenge you and caution you when it comes to who you are listening to. It is so important that you wisely choose your friends, that you wisely choose the community that you're in. The friendships and voices in your life can make you or they can break you. They can make you or they can break you. And I know this because over and over there are many instances in the Bible that tell us about this. The first one that we're going to jump into tonight is in Proverbs 13. If you don't have it up, you can just look on the screen. It's going to be on the screen. Proverbs 13:20 says, "Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm." Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, wrote that. And what he's saying is that if you surround yourself with people who are smart, with people who make good decisions, with people with the right values, you will become like them. You will become wiser. And he also says that if you surround yourself with idiots, people that don't know anything, people who do dumb stuff all the time, that you will start to do dumb things all the time. A companion of fools suffers harm. Another verse talking about this. 1 Corinthians 15, It'll be on the screen. Bad company corrupts good morals. Bad company corrupts good morals. 
I wish that I would have known this earlier in my life. Bad company corrupts good. What, what Paul is saying in that verse is that it doesn't matter if you know right from wrong and you are determined to do right. If you surround yourself with people who don't know right from wrong and who aren't determined to do right, you will start to act like them. If you go to a party and you're determined not to drink, if you're determined, set on it, I'm not going to drink tonight, but you're the only person at the party and all your boys or all your girls are drinking, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to not drink. Bad company corrupts good morals. Paul also uh, he also talks about this earlier in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 5. And we're going to read uh, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 11. But now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. Now, that's a pretty strong statement. With such a man, do not even eat. What is Paul saying? Paul understood that when people who call themselves Christians surrendered to and embraced a sinful lifestyle, it, it dulls their ability to discern right and wrong. And I want you to get, there, there are a lot of nuances to this verse. First of all, uh, Paul is saying, calls himself a brother. That means calls himself a Christian. And, and Paul isn't saying that any Christian who sins, don't eat with them. That's not what he's saying. He says, he understands that when people who call themselves Christians, and then they, they fully embrace, as in they just do it and they think that it's right, it dulls their sense of right and wrong. And what those people do when they begin to say, oh, well, it's not, the Bible doesn't really mean that. It doesn't really mean that I can't do that. It doesn't really mean that I should do that. When those people get that in their head, what they do is they begin to influence the people around them. And so they bring other people into that same thought process, into that same folly. Paul is telling us that some of the biggest potential enemies to spiritual growth were not, are not those outside of the church who were engaged in blatant sin, but those inside of it. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. Listen to this. I'm not saying we should all be constantly judging the people we go to church with. And if they do something wrong, we should never talk to them again. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you should be mean to everybody who sins. Just remember, everybody sins. You sin, I sin, we all mess up. Nobody is perfect. What Paul is talking about here is influence. We're talking about the voices we listen to tonight. And we have to be able to discern what voices should be turned up in our lives and what, verses, or what voices should be turned down. Paul is saying we need to be careful of the people around us. We need to pay attention to who we allow to influence us. Now, I want to draw this out for you. This is what Paul's talking about. Here you are. That's you. You're right here in the middle, right? And you have a circle, all around you. I'm going to call this circle influence. This is your circle of influence. There are people 
all in this circle who you have an influence on. There's another circle around you. It's smaller. This is called the circle of intimacy. This is the circle of intimacy. The people that you hold closest to you are in here. That is to say, the people who influence you are in this little circle. Now, the people you influence are in the big one. So you influence more people than the people who influence you. Paul is talking about intimacy and influence. He's talking about people who influence you versus people you influence. And he's not saying we shouldn't talk to people who profess to be a Christian and then in, embrace sin. He's saying that what you should, should not do is let those people, people who call themselves Christians and embrace sin, influence you. You should not hold them close to you. At times, I've been tempted to believe that I could easily spot bad company, but recognizing someone's negative influence has proved to be difficult for me. And Scripture affirms this over and over again in the Bible. Uh, different places in the Bible, they, they say, watch out for wolves in sheep's clothing. As in, watch out for negative influences who appear to be positive influences. If you choose, if you choose the right voices to listen to, and you have healthy friendships, that will make a huge difference in your life. Yet if you choose the wrong voices, you make the wrong friends, that will also make a huge difference in your life. It'll just make a little bit of a different influence. And I, I want to illustrate this. These are two clear glasses of water right here. Let's pretend that ideally you're a clear glass of water. It means you're doing what you should be doing. You're living how you should be living, how you want to follow Jesus. That's clear glass of water. This is crystal light. This is a bad influence. It's a bad voice. If I have a little bit, a small bad voice poured in into me, and then it starts to spread, and it starts to change everything about me, starts to change my whole life. If I let it pour in long enough, that little bitty bad voice, the one that I didn't want to listen to, changes everything about this. Some of you are saying, Coy, it's just clicked. I've got a bad influence in my life. I've been listening to the wrong voice. Now what do I do? It's starting to change who I am. It's starting to change what I do, the direction of my life. What do I do? I also want to illustrate this, and I'm really glad that this baptism tub is here. If you have had a, a bad influence pouring into your life and you notice that it has begun to change you, this is what you do. You find the right influence. Yeah, that just happened. You find the right influence, and then you let them pour into you. And they keep pouring and at some point, you're back to where you wanted to be. The water is clear again. See, everybody finds themselves in the place where they have been listening to the wrong person, where they have hung out with the wrong friend too much, and they have changed them a little bit. And I want to tell you that it is not, it is never too late. It's not over. It's not like, oh, well, dang it, I've been corrupted, and now I'm just on the wrong path forever. No. If we surround ourselves with the right people, with the right voices, and let them pour into us, it changes us back. 
So, students, you guys, this is why you must have the right voices in your life. This is why we do life groups. I know we plug life groups like every other week, but life groups are for this reason. Your life group leaders, they are the wise voices in your life. They want to pour into you. They want to be the the pitcher of fresh water that pours into your life. They're people who love you and care for you and want the very best for you. Get those voices. Go find those friends. So what do we do practically? Super practical. Up on the screen, ask God to give you healthy voices. Ask God to give you healthy voices. If you want some strong, positive voices in your life and you don't think you have any, your first step is asking God for them. I find that a lot of times we want things and we don't have them. And if we would just ask God, he wants to give them to us. Ask God for those, for those voices. I'm confident that he will, that he will give you f- great friendships, healthy voices. Get plugged in here at age 12. Another thing, begin to pray for an accountability partner. Begin to pray for an accountability partner. And, and a, an accountability partner is, is deeper than a good friend. You got a best friend. That doesn't mean that they're your accountability partner. An accountability partner will go further under the surface than a best friend will. They're, they're kind of an extra healthy voice. Here's, here's some things about accountability partners. So, Your accountability partner should be someone of the same gender because you're going to talk about very gender-specific things with this person. Same grade or a bit older, someone you trust and someone who trusts you, someone you can count on, someone who will speak truth into your life and you do the same for them, someone who will pray for you and you for them. Get this, you, if you want an accountability partner, and I would highly suggest that everybody in this room have one, if you want to follow Jesus, get an accountability partner. Your accountability partner needs to be someone who will tell you the hard thing, someone who is not afraid to hurt your feelings. There are times in everybody's life when they are doing stupid things and they think they're doing the right things, and your accountability partner is going to be the person that's like, hey, stop, you're being an idiot, don't do that anymore. There's another thing. This isn't in your notes, but a a lot of you might want to start reorganizing this chart right here. Some of you might might want to think about who is in your circle of intimacy and who is in your circle of influence. And you might need to take some people who are here, who are influencing you, and move them out. Now, that doesn't mean you never talk to them again. That just means that they're not in your inner circle. They're not a person who needs to be influencing you because they are influencing you to do things that you don't want to do. And maybe there are some people who you're around that you would do well to allow to speak into your life. So maybe you're, you're in the place tonight where, where you want to think about moving some people out of your circle of intimacy and some, some people into it, the right voices into it. Who can you bring into your inner circle that will influence you to be more like Jesus? What voices do you need to turn up and what voices do you need to turn down? As you leave here, band, you guys can come back up. 
As you leave here and head home tonight, get this. Be honest with yourself about the voices in your life. Now, this could be very, very difficult for us to be honest about how our best friends are influencing us. Be honest about how the people around you are influencing you. Where are they taking you? What are they doing? What are they trying to get you to do? If you need to make changes, make them. Ask God to help you make them. One of the hardest things in the world, when you start to follow Christ, is dealing with the people who were close to you before you started to follow Christ. Because those people are going to be like, I don't understand why you're doing that. That's dumb. I don't know what you're talking about. That seems kind of weird. It is on you and God. It is between you and God to sort out who needs to be speaking into your life and who doesn't. And it is essential. It is essential that you make the difficult decisions. If you need to remove somebody from your inner circle, do it. And do it quickly before you get too far off track. So, Father, God, I just thank you. I thank you that that we get to be voices in other people's lives. God, I pray that we would be the right voice. I pray that we would be a positive influence on people of this world, God. And I pray that we would never be afraid to influence others around us toward you. God, at the same time, it is so difficult sometimes for us to see good voices and bad voices, for us to distinguish between those two. And God, I just pray that I pray wisdom and discernment over this room, God, that that we could look at the people around us and make tough decisions. Is this person really pushing me more toward Jesus? And if they're not, God, I pray that we would reevaluate where they are in our life. Father, I pray for strength over these students as they start to make some tough decisions and tough calls about who gets to influence them and who doesn't. And Father, I pray that we would always, always be willing to influence people around us toward you. God, I pray that we would never take our eyes off of you, that we would never stop influencing people for your kingdom, that we would never stop being the voice of you. God, we pray all this in your name. Amen.